Hello everyone and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. It's an amazingly hot and sunny day here out in the, uh, the Welsh hills. It's just like it's... Uh, <laughs> I was actually can feel my skin burning today and it's, it's still there. Uh, it was like extremely wintry yesterday so it's like a big big turn for the best today. Although not necessarily a turn for the best in uh, for the country unfortunately. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today, another episode for our Interesting Times series. So, it's been a lot going on, as normal. Um, so, let's see, where should we start? Let's just, just begin by describing what's actually been happening, and then what's actually been happening, <laughs> if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, go, on, go on, Pete, you just, 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 run, just in case anyone doesn't know what's been happening, just, just run them through it. Well, there's loads of things happening, and... Uh... I intended to cover at least three topics in, in this podcast. Uh, but once I started uh, just jotting down my notes, I realised I'm going to have to do two or three podcasts over the next few days around uh, current events. Uh, what I want to light upon today is the uh, protests again. Now, the last thing that we did, I think, well, certainly the last interesting times that we did was about protests in the UK against the, the bill a bill which has gone through, has had its second reading in Parliament, which it passed easily, which has now gone to committee. The government, probably because of the protest, have delayed the third reading and, and the, the committee stage will be extended, which is where the, the, the bill gets uh, scrutinised uh, closely by uh, a committee of members of Parliament. Now, uh, uh, we, which bill? You know, the, I forget what it's called, but it's a, a, a bill, it's a huge bill, over 300 pages, which deals with sentencing, policing justice, you know, uh, court structures and all that kind of stuff. Uh, buried in the bill are, are, are a few clauses which give the government and the police massive powers to prevent peaceful protest pretty well on, on the side of, of, of the police. And that kind of, that can, that can do you for protesting if it annoys somebody. Not even if it annoys somebody, <laughs> but if it might annoy somebody. <laughs> And, well, OK, you think, well, fair enough, they'll take you to court and fine you five quid. Yeah, the it's, thing is, the point of a protest is to annoy people. Of course, absolutely. But, <laughs> so? Uh, I mean, but the, the punishments, uh, ten years in prison oh, for God. that. So yeah. if you think this is not like a police state uh, thing, uh, thing you, you're, um, you're fucking deluded, to be honest, Lee, you know. I mean, of course, there are people out there who think that the UK... <laughs> Is this is this sort of paragon of um, uh, of liberty? You know, it's a fucking police state now. There's damn it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the one of the things in there was that you even like one person on their own, if they even look like they might protest against something, yeah. uh, they can just get yeah, uh, arrested. A sing, yeah, a single person can be deemed a protest. <laughs> yeah. So you might you, you might have you know. Um, Maybe yeah, I got something written on your t-shirt. You know, like you know, legalize it on your t-shirt or something. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and and it's, and you could be. It basically gives the the police a carte blanche to arrest, arrest anybody, and and then for the for them to possibly receive extremely draconian sentences. So there's a lot of protest about this, particularly as the police uh, violently broke up a, a, a women's vigil. Uh, on Tappan Common in London uh, to uh, mourn the, the death of a young woman 
who was possibly murdered, allegedly by a policeman who's, who's in custody now, charged with with the murder, and he will go to court at the, uh, later on in the year. He's going to be in jail a long time, will they? Uh, you know, there's a long queue for the courts because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. We, we did a podcast about that once. So, yeah. uh, so yeah. basically, yeah. what that what that happened there was there was uh, uh, women peacefully pro- protesting against violence against women, and then the police came in and p- did a nice public demonstration of violence against women. <laughs> it was fucking horrible. While everyone was filming yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there's been a lot of protest about that, and they're called the Kill the Bill protests. Now, for uh, our listeners in foreign parts, uh, the bill. Is the name of the the thing that's that's passing through Parliament. You know, a, a bill passes through Parliament. It's a legal document, um, a parliamentary document. But the bill is the old bill, uh, shortened to the bill is is a kind of Cockney slang, in fact a universal uh, English slang for the police force. Mm-hmm. So Kill the Bill's got this this kind of smart, rather witty <laughs> uh, ambiguity yeah. about it. So anyway, the, the, the last week, it's now Monday the 30th, sorry, it's now Wednesday. Tuesday, I think it's Tuesday. Oh, what the Tuesday. fucking day is it? <laughs> <laughs> we just leave that in. Yeah. Honest to God, in, we're in COVID time now. We honestly barely know what day of the week it is. Anyway, it's just it's, all it was last week, one. it's probably Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday the, it's Tuesday, yeah, it's Tuesday the 30th. So uh, last week... Uh, there were protests in over 20 cities in the UK. Leeds, Brighton, Birmingham. But the, the focus uh, seems to have been Bristol. And there were three protests in Bristol last week. And, uh, well, I think it was Sunday, Tuesday, I'm not sure, but certainly on Friday, which sort of spluttered on over into Saturday. The Friday one certainly is all over social media. And that's the one I'm going to just concentrate on. And uh, my sources, I'll just mention my sources. I've used uh, uh, a long podcast that Owen Jones put out, or um, a YouTube video, in which he interviewed three or four eyewitnesses. Including a student, yeah, stu- worth, worth watching actually. I yeah, it was really good. Uh, yeah, a student. Because also he um, he brought all the um, well not all of it but by quite a lot of the footage of the actual protesters together. Yeah. Uh, so you could see sort of you know yeah. what actually happened from the point so, of view of the people in the crowd. Yeah. So I'm referring to that, and I regard it as pretty trust trustworthy. There was a he interviewed a student who was on on a couple of the protests, and uh, a guy from a local newspaper. An alternative newspaper. That's it's a the, Bristol newspaper, isn't it? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you in a minute uh, the, de- the a little bit of the detail. Um, but this paper, very interestingly, it's it's, it's kind of like funded by lo- local people, become like shareholders in it. Yeah. So it's not a, like an oligarch's billionaire newspaper. It's a really nice idea. I love, I love yeah. the way he described it. Yeah. So, so and then there was a couple of people of that of that of that ilk. And also, uh, that was that was on the 28th, I think. Now, on the 29th yesterday, Navarra, last night, Navarra Media, of course, the 29th. And again, they uh, interviewed eyewitnesses, including the, the same reporter as Owen Jones had interviewed, 
Uh, and on top of that, I've looked at like loads and loads of Twitter uh, videos, phone videos. But I've also uh, looked at tweets and uh, press releases from the Somerset Navan Police, the police force in question. Remarks by senior police officers who've decided to comment uh, upon it. And so I've kind of taken a, taken a bit of a look round. Now, vis-a-vis collecting data about, about these current events, we're not reporters. We're, we're a couple of dewist idiots who wander around in lonely places, <laughs> uh, you know, um, thinking our thoughts and doing our meditation. We do keep our ears to the ground, like we, pretty we, much We keep our ears to the ground. But what I'm trying to say is yeah. we, we don't have the resources or the wherewithal you, you know, we're not reporters to go to get to get on the motorbike down to Bristol because we ain't got a motorbike, we ain't got a fucking push pedal <laughs> well, bike. Neither of us even drive. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um, that, that's not the game here. The game here is to is, is to try and find re, uh, reliable sources. And I think if you hear it from us, those those sources are going to be pretty reliable. They will sometimes make mistakes. They will sometimes get carried away. Nobody has has, has a kind of unimpeachable access to the truth of the matters but you know we, we take a bit of trouble into in assessing the reliability of, of, of sources but we use sources because what we can do is we can we can examine analyze interpret events and draw out key questions key conundrums key points that uh, it's very, very useful for people to know, and I, I am confident that we have that skill. You know that we can, we can, we can like extract the gold from the from the from the dross. And why do that? You know, because it gets a bit abstract. And and I keep saying, I'm not abstract for the sake of being abstract. We do it because you know, if we're going to move forward, if we're going to if we're going to save the world, which <laughs> we're kind of David nut and David's nutcases, you know, if we're going to save the world, if we're going to move forward. At all, you need to know where you are. You need to know what what's going on. You need to you, you need to have a, a, a bit of an understanding of the nuts and bolts and the mechanisms and the processes. Yeah, and you certainly need to know and understand and, and how that, you're being tricked. And that is what I think we can do. So what I want to do is just look at this stuff, and I've, I've, I've sort of singled out three points really. One is the nature of ideology, the workings of ideology. We can look at some of this material and tease out the. The actual me- the mechanics, the processes by which what's really happen- happening is mystified. And I'm going to draw out two points there, and I'll mention them in advance. One is one is that there's a kind of ideology, or or if you like, a propaganda by omission. It's what it's what doesn't get said, and when it doesn't get said as well. Yeah, very important. Important. And he said these new media are enabling us to fill in those gaps. Mm. That's why they're useful. You cannot trust the. Uh, billionaire are impressed. Of course, you can't. You know they 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 are in bed with the police and they're in bed with the government. It's the same. They are wings of the same horrible monster. So we can draw we can draw out that. We can also draw out the you know we can pinpoint the lawyers when they occur and the police when they when they get into these when when we have a police riot if we can call it that they lie through their teeth about what's gone on, but we can now objectively expose that. So there's those two points about the workings of ideology, downright lawyers and mystification by omission. And of course, I suppose the third point is they're just the construction of a narrative. 
you know, and the narrative is being constructed around this bill as well. And the, the overall general movement, again, I'll, I'll go in advance here, is towards authoritarianism, to a really, really authoritarian state. We've been saying this since Johnson got in. We've been detecting, we've been, we've been teasing out the signs that the, 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 the big ER project of the Tories is to produce an authoritarian state. Even more than it is. I mean, we're saying all this stuff about the bill. The police has already got draconian powers for stopping uh, demos and for, and for arresting people and uh, getting wrecking their lives, basically. You know, there's, uh, the, the police's job seems to be to pressure anybody who would demonstrate to stay at home. This is, you know, they already have the powers to do that, but this will be even worse. So that's the context. Oh, yeah, the, um, the second thing of the three points that I want to draw out is to try and draw a picture of the police's self-understanding. What are they thinking? What is the self-understanding of the police as a collectivity? But, you know, of individual police, uh, policemen and policewomen. And I think, again, we need to know that because this stuff isn't going to I mean, it, this this sunny day is, is the precursor to the summer of love, you know. <laughs> We're going to have the, a, the, the summer of riots. You mean? That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of social unrest this oh, summer. Yeah, not looking forward to the summer in some ways. But but for, I'm just going to interject here that I think that uh, huge civil unrest and protests against what, against what the, gov the government is doing is absolutely inevitable. They're going to push and push and push until this happens. So the yeah. sooner the better, really. Let's just yeah. get it out of the way. Well, well let's, play it, let's, let's play it properly. I, yeah. I, I actually think it, it, in many ways it's, 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 it's a good thing. It's got to be played properly, and I'm hoping that our very, very small contribution here might, you know, somebody might hear it and say, oh, yeah. You know, and this this is part of the point of digging in and, and drawing out these points. Anyway, the third point, because I said there's three, is that this this will and this this will radicalise a whole generation of young people, Zoomers, whatever they are in particular, apparently are already politicised and radicalised. Because what they're seeing is what they're saying is. They just deeply shocked. They didn't realise it was like this. Did they, they? They, they, they're shocked. They're just out, 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 how brutal the police out, have been. How brutal and violent the police can be. Yeah. And, uh, and secondly, you, 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 you're on one of these demos. You get your face kicked in. Then you go and read the paper the following day, and you don't recognise what happened from the the paper's report. Because the then, paper describes you as being violent to the police when yeah. you're the one with the, the yeah. black eye. That's right. So they, so they have two realizations there. You know, the police, the police are actually agents of violence. You know, they they exert violence on behalf of the state. Realization number one. Realization number two. The oligarchs press lies through its teeth, as do the police. So that politicizes people, and it's happening to them at a young age when they when they when they want to determine their future. This is huge. All right then, so just, just backtracking a little bit. So what did actually happen? Well, uh, Friday, there had been protests, remember, there had been two protests the, in the previous week, but on, on Friday there was a sit-down protest. Which I mean, went... these protests were happening in many cities, weren't they? Yeah, we were I'm going to talk about... talking about the one in Bristol. I'm talking maybe. about, about Brist Bristol, because yeah. this is the one where there's, all, there's such a lot of footage and a lot of comments, you know. And... 
There was a sit-down protest at College Green in, in, in Bristol. It went on for about, about th three, three hours. The police uh, didn't really do anything. And then as it was starting to get dark around in the evening, I think it might be about 10 o'clock maybe even, there were, more, there were more police, came from behind the police as it were, tilled up with riot gear. And they started pushing and trying to dis disperse people. And people are sitting down, you know. And the uh, police were pretty violent. They were attracting people with batons, uh, including the press. And generally, if somebody flashes a press card, the police are supposed to leave them alone. And uh, the, the most horrible thing was the, pl the police um, hitting people with the edges of these plastic riot, riot shields. While the not, people are sitting down. Not sort of pushing them, no. really, but using the, the bottom like, edge of like it. Hacking away at the people. Ha hacking at them, yeah. yeah. And uh, there's p pictures of bruises. Of course, you can kind of manufacture a picture of a bruise. Uh, but nevertheless, it seems uh, pretty bona fide. Particularly if Owen Jones is willing to stake his reputation on, on, on the, the, the bona fide of these, these films, the, gen, the genuine nature of, the, uh, genuine nature of these uh, pictures of horrific bruising. Anyway, it's, uh, basically the, 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 police, the police went wild, somebody described it as. I think then there was some kind of pushback. And there were people at the back of the crowd throwing eggs and the beer cans, apparently. A little bit of that. Yeah. Not surprising. But the people who escalated people... the violence the were the police. Unequivocally. Yeah. Unequivocally. Unequivocally. So, that, so that's what's happened. There's a police riot. Now, my, my, my point that this tells us about um, the, the, the workings of ideology. At the protest in Bristol earlier on in the week, on Sunday... The police reported after and um, briefed the press to say that several police officers had been severely injured. Right? One with a broken arm. Somebody with broken, broken ribs. And a punctured lung, they and said. And somebody even they? had a punctured lung as a result of violence from the protesters towards the police. Right. Later on in the week, they retracted it because reporters were going around the hospitals and all this, that and the other. And it wasn't fucking true. No police officer received, receives a broken bone, a punctured lung or a... Or, or, but let me or guess, the, uh, the retraction was very, very small and quiet. Well, uh, well the, the police injured was all over the BBC, all over the, all over the gutter press. But the retraction wasn't. Now, this is what... See, it's kind of like ideology by omission. Yeah. You know, because they're constructing a narrative. The narrative being that protesters are criminals. Yeah, which of course is what the bill is trying to do as well, is to turn them into criminals who should be locked in jail for 10 years. Bear in mind, you get five years for rape, you know, in the UK. Ten, ten years for um, maybe uh, having the possibility that you might just be a nuisance to somebody. Somebody means a company like Shell Oil, or you know, that's what somebody means in this context. Yeah. You understand the that, rich people. Yeah. the rich people, right? Yeah, so there you I mean, that, that is the perfect example, really, because the police lied, right. 
and the press, the mainstream media, were very quiet about reporting the fact that the police, police lied and let, let the, um, the momentum, the ideological momentum of the lie, carry on, roll on and do its work in creating this narrative that the police are the good guys and they serve the public and they're keeping us from danger and they're keeping, they're keeping like the middle of the road little Englanders from the danger of these criminal dreadlocked protesters right so that that story is, is, is that, that's how the ideology works my first point I mean there's loads of examples but uh, that's enough for us to see how that goes on conspicuous by its absence really mentions of the fact that the police lied there and retracted I mean, you can go to the, 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 the sources, and I suggest you go to the sources that I mentioned. Owen Jones, YouTube channel, 28th of March, and Navarra Media on the 29th of March. And you'll see the same interviews that, that we saw. I mean, the, the police not only you know they, they fully kitted out the riot shields and the crash helmets and all the rest of it and the the, the armour. They're also bringing in horses and dogs. There's one quite amusing bit where the police were really roughing up a, a reporter, and I believe this reporter was um, a guy from the Daily Mirror. Police, police were r r roughing him up, and they brought in the dogs, and the dog attacked one of the coppers that was roughing up this thing and bit him right on the arse. It was really funny. <laughs> The dogs, the, the dogs are trained to bite. <laughs> um, people who are being aggressive. People who are being aggressive. <laughs> and he's just dogs hanging off the copper's arse. It was oh, right. That's pretty funny. It yeah. was. It was sweet. <laughs> anyway, um, Pretty Patel. He's another bit of ideology. Says she's fully behind the police. Of course. You know, and she says that the uh, violence, the violence was perpetrated by a criminal minority. <laughs> yeah. Another policeman, a superintendent. I'm not going to mention his name because he tries to sue me. But he said the police use reasonable force, and we're within the law. All right. Now, uh, what Navarro were picking up on this ideologically was that it was that there's a kind of an anti-leftist thrust in the the discourse which ensues after events like this. And it's as though the left doesn't have a legitimate right to participate in political discourse let alone protest or form any kind of mass movement. Remember, the whole essence of left thought and strategy is to form mass movements that can change things for the better. Mm. And But it's, it's, the, the way this narrative is being constructed is that the left are just basically a criminal minority and they have no political legitimacy at all. So exclusion from the conversation, exclusion from any, any, any possibility of gaining the power to change the world. That is a privilege of the privileged. You know, it's all about keeping the, the, the wealth and power of the 0.1%, all of this. You know, I said it again, you know, the police are the, the violent and coercive wing of the, the state which works on behalf of the already very, very rich and already, therefore, already very, very powerful. And you, if you think of it like that, you can say that the lawyers, the actual lawyers that the police tell are needed to keep the momentum of this of this this narrative construction, you know, of this of this lurch, 
to into even deeper authoritarianism than we've already got in the in the in the UK society and the UK state. Okay, so I think I'm going to mention the the cop self-image, self-image of the police or their self-understanding. Now I want to say it's not monolithic. Some policemen have uttered uttered reservations about what's going on, and others have said things that make you make your hair curl. Now, Avon Police issued a statement about the right to protest and how it was an essential part of democracy. It was a little bit kind of faint in its assertion of that, you know, and some of the language was a tiny bit Orwellian, but nevertheless it was a step in the right direction to actually say that. And this this was apropos the... Uh, the police roughing up the roughing up reporters, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, the guy who was they were roughing up when they brought the dog in it was um, was it Matthew Drew, Matthew Drew? I think he was caught from the Daily Mirror, and it, it, they apologised to him as well as issuing this statement, saying that you know they were on the side of democracy and the right to protest. Also. Um, there's a story uh, told by Adrian Carswell Corn of the Bristol, Bristol Cable, which is the Bristol local uh, paper that we mentioned a little bit earlier on. And uh, Adam tells the story of uh, one of these robocops in, in all the gear was hassling him and pushing him with the shield. And he said he, he flashed his press card and said, I'm the press, you know, and the police are supposed to let the press report. And the copper said to him, you're not the real press, you're not the real press, and carried on pushing. At this point, a senior policeman who was overseeing it, you know, like a chief inspector or something, I don't know, intervened, right, and he told the Robocop to stand down. He says the man's in the press, he's allowed to, you know, stand down. And he also, uh, Adam said he received a phone call the following morning, on the Saturday morning, from this police officer, apologising. And I, I think, and I mean, this may or may not be true, but the, the copper, the Robocop, was somebody who'd been brought in from an external police force to come, you know, reinforcements from outside. That may or may not be true, but that is that was certainly uh, suggested on the the Navarra podcast. But you get a sense of like the, you know, these robocops are actually spoiling for a scrap. People people were saying uh, one of the students said, you know, we tried talking to him because sometimes on a demo you can talk to the police and they'll crack a joke with you. You know, mm. and then they'll be human. Well, they usually try that first. They try that. Have done in the past. Don't yeah, they they'll try that. Yeah. But, but, Sometimes. But this this one this one student, Lewis. I don't know whether her name is Louise or Louis, Lois. Anyway, she she said they were trying to talk the cops down. You know, she said, but they were just so enraged, you couldn't talk them down. Mm. They were utterly enraged. You know, and I think what's gone on there. If I just get a little bit bit of psycho babble. For our pundits there, is that these guys are suddenly realising that not everybody admires them. You know, they've suddenly they, they, they've suddenly realised that they're, they're not the heroes on the thin blue line. But there's a whole host of uh, perfectly ordinary citizens, particularly young people, who, who simply don't admire them and don't think what they're doing is in any way right, necessary, civilised valuable at all and I think the anger is 
you know, how dare you not love us? You know, at some level. It's that, it's, it has that sort of quality of rage of, of somebody who's spurned, you know. Well, I it's, suppose some of them could have joined the police, you know, for the, uh, uh, the, okay. the ego boost that it gave because yeah. of the, the status that they felt that they that's would right. have. And if that's, right. that's challenged and they haven't got the payoff, the yeah. emotional payoff, they'd yeah. be a bit annoyed. When I have actually heard policemen say, oh, we joined because we're like a rook, you know. <laughs> we're like a fight. Yeah. They like it, some of them like it, but they were definitely out of hand and it was sadistic cruelty. You could see the sort of, you know, the sadistic arousal that was going on there, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> this is nasty, nasty shit. Yeah. I mean, a senior policeman, uh, actually a retired policeman, Michael Barton, who was once the chief constable of Durham, uh, said that the government should allow civil liberties to flourish. That's a quote. Especially after the public uh, had been so kind of cooperative with the lockdown, you know, and dealing with the pandemic and all the rest of it. And given that, that civil liberties should be allowed to flourish. Now, I think there's something wrong with that language, allowed to flourish. You know, who's allowing who to do what, you know? It posits this authority that allows us to do things, that sits above us, right? Mm -hmm. This is wrong thinking about what a society ought to be. You know, we are, we're not fucking subjects, even though legally we're subjects of the Crown. The reality is we, we, we are citizens and we should be citizens. So who are they to allow us to do X, Y or Z? You know? So, but apart from that language, I think that was a step in the right direction by Michael, Michael Barton. I mean, but by, by contrast... We've got uh, a senior police officer uh, on, on Twitter saying, in response to the, uh, the discourse, you know, these people are supposed to be public servants. And this particular cop has said, uh, we are crown servants, not public servants. That's a direct quote. And that protest is not an absolute right. So this is, this is the problem with the language of rights. Rights are something that's given to you by somebody who sits naturally or, 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 or according to some God ordinance of God above you, like the divine right of kings or the crown. That notion is still extant in this notion of the crown sitting above us all as, as a, a locus of authority which radiates authority down onto the rest of us. I don't buy that. I'm not, I don't buy it. I don't accept it. I'll never accept it. Neither should anybody else. But that policeman was actually telling the truth legally. Legally, authority is handed down to you. Rights are allowed to you by somebody superior to you. And even though I don't, I don't know of a better language than the language of rights and the language of human rights, there is, the, there is a problem with that language in that it posits automatically a higher authority that's unquestionable, that grants you the rights. You know, we are servants of the crown, not servants of the public. The policeman was telling the truth. I mean, he was, he, he was letting the cat out the bag. That is a very posh way of saying the police are the coercive wing, the violent wing, potentially, if necessary, of the state. And they exist to reinforce, ensure, enhance state power, which in its turn serves the 0.01%. That's what it exists for. The third point was a point we've already made, and it was made by a student that Owen Jones interviewed, who'd been on 
um, two of the three protests in Bristol. And she said she studied philosophy and English at Bristol University. Right, so a, a bright young person, you know, uh, with some critical awareness, says, well, it was a shock. You know, but we are politicised by it. I mean, I think Owen Jones put the question into him, are you politicised by this? And it was basically yes. It was a shock. The police were there just in this kind of sadistic rage, absolutely carried away. And she said they were just running wild. They were just in a sadistic rage. Right? We need to understand that psychology, I believe. And I think this is where the, you know, the, the psychology of fascism does have a place. They were in a sadistic rage. And that was shocking to us. We expect them to be rational and even-handed and fair. And they're not. They're just like a violent gang. You know. And then reading about it in the press, subsequently. And not recognising what the press says. Realising the press lie. Reading the police announcements. Reading, realising the police lie. <laughs> hearing what Boris Johnson says about it. Hearing what Priti Patel says about it. I am behind the police all the way. And realising that that's all based on a lie. That is, there's a whole fucking generation have been radicalised, you know, just just in the last couple of weeks, and there's great hope in that. And I know young people say, "Well, you old as you fucked it up. You shouldn't place your hope in us." I'm old. I've got no living relatives, so from the point of view of personal self-interest, there's no reason why I shouldn't just indulge my my uh, the pleasures of my ego until I snuff it. But funnily enough, somehow, you want to be a good, a good ancestor, you know? Not in the biological sense, but in the sense that you bear some responsibility for, to those future generations. And that, that is just something that I can't, I can't shake off as much as I would like to indulge all my egotistical pleasures until I die. <laughs> you know? So we do. I do see hope in that. I do see hope in that. They're, they're radicalised. And that generation don't read the papers, and when they do, they don't believe them, you know? Because they know that they're fucking, they're, they're wise to it. Yeah. They're wise to the workings of ideology. But it's also important, I think, strategically to understand how the police work. You know, you're going to, just having random protests, disorganised, with no strategy, over the next six months isn't going to nudge anything, isn't going to take us any nearer to the society that we want. They've got a box really, really clever, and understanding the psychology of the police is part of it. And I would say, you know, they don't have a monolithic take on it, but there is a good section of them who, 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 who are psychologically <laughs> prone to sadistic rage, as we, as we just objectively have seen of light and you need to understand how the police are situated in the power dynamics of society and not have any fond illusions about about them being there to protect you they serve the crown a copper himself said it that is the legal position dig around a bit understand the economy and you'll know it to be true beyond the shadow of a doubt so that's what i want to bring out of uh, bristol last week and the other 20 cities also i noticed um on Many of the the videos taken by the public, you know, who who were often like in the midst of the uh, the demonstrations, um, that the police who were uh, committing these terrible acts of violence um, 
knew that they were being filmed. I mean, there was one that I watched where there was actually a, a large camera with a spotlight right on this guy as as he was like really laying into this uh, this this young man on the ground. He knew he was being filmed. There was even yeah. like a camera light on him as he was doing this. Yeah. Yet they still did it. Yeah. They knew the press were there. Yeah. It was being reported on. They knew practically everyone in the crowd was filming yeah. what was going on. Yet they still did it. Yeah. Well, Which that, just, it seems a bit strange. <laughs> well, I think they, they they think they can carry on with impunity. You know, um, they are in the throes of a sadistic rage as well, which is a loss of control. But they also know that Pretty Patel and Boris Johnson are behind them. They've got the force, the power and the legitimacy of the government behind them. You know, remember Pretty Patel said, I'm completely behind the police. Yeah, but what if, what if a I'm completely behind the police. died? Yeah. What if they died from their injuries? Well, I mean, that's, that's going to be a pretty big thing for the press to cover up. Then. It's going to be a matter of time, you know. Then, you know, then what? It's only a matter of time. They do kill people on so protests. They're actually, you know, like for instance, look what just kicked off with the the, the uh, all you know the, the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, things with you know all of that with the, the the police actually being filmed killing someone. So we're going to have that here now, where they're, they're being filmed and yeah. they they kill maybe more than yeah. one person live, being streamed yeah. live um, by several points of view from the crowd. Yeah. What? What do they think is going to happen then? Yeah. Well, I mean, they did. In one protest, a bloke died. He was, the police were pushing him, and he, he had a heart attack. And the, and the first aider tried to get at him, and the police refused to let the first aiders attend to him. And then the guy died. And there was a big stink about that in an inquiry. But it's amazing how it quickly fades into history, stuff like that, you know? But I think uh, this summer, it's not going to fade into history. That's my. I don't like to make predictions, you know. But I, I'm willing to say, the summer we're gonna, we're gonna have the summer of love, you know. Again, to be about the fourth summer of love that I've lived through. Another thing is that Labour is pretty conspicuous by its silence, with a few exceptions. I mean, I know Clive Lewis. Uh, uh, again, disappointing. Uh, again, yeah, from yeah. Labour. Clive Lewis, Zara Sultana, Richard Bergen all, all, all think that needs to be some investigation into, into the police violence. I wish they'd, I mean, they're pretty good people, but I wish they'd be stronger. You know, but, but basically, so we, have no, we have no political opposition against this. I mean, they did, as, as I mentioned before, at the last minute, vote against the bill. But of course, Johnson's got a huge majority. And uh, it went through easily, second reading. Anyway, so I hope everyone found that uh, interesting and hopefully useful. It's uh, unpleasant stuff to talk about and think about, but we need to... Um, we need to think about it and understand it so we have a, a good... Uh, what's the word? So we're going to be efficient in what we do next. So I hope you're all getting on all right with the pandemic. And hold, hold fast for a bit longer yet, I think. So uh, I'll 
just coming to the end of our walk now, wandering down the hill. So we will be back, hopefully on the next sunny day, which is hopefully going to be tomorrow, and we'll speak to you then.